What's up, everybody, and welcome back to the reality kit. This is the discussion. Welcome back to the discussion where we get into all the motherfuckers. See, we stop being coy, we start being real over here. Um, today, as you see, we have Isaiah from the Silent Podcast coming on to talk to me about a big discussion today. Isaiah, how you doing? I'm good. I'm really happy to be here. You know, shout out to the Reality Kingdom. Shout out to you, Pharaoh. But um, now we, we've been working on this for a little bit, you know, and, uh, you know, you're very opinionated. I'm very opinionated, <laughs> you know, so <laughs> uh, it should be a fun one. It's going to be a fun one, honestly. Um, So if you don't see the title, I'm going to tell you. Today we are going to be talking about um, the best quotations, big brother player ever, in my opinion, in his opinion, don't come for us. Well, actually you can, I like to see people come for me, but, um, we're going to be debate on whom we think are those best big brother players ever. Mine. I feel like it's Derek. He feels like it's Dan. I feel like he's wrong. So that's why we're here today because we're just going to get into a lot of the topics. First, we're going to start off with kind of like just, you know, the, Big, big brother categories, physical, um, social strategy, and then we'll go into a different section. But um, we could just start it off first with those categories to kind of just, I guess, debate our points. Like, I did, did you like rate each person in each category or did you kind of just um So I actually... So I wrote notes. I actually didn't rate okay. them yet. I was about to, um, <laughs> but I wanted to have like... First of all, an open mind. Uh, I wanted to be like, you know, flexible in case like if I change my mind, it's not going to happen. But if I change my mind, you know, like I, I wanted to leave room for that. But um, uh, I, I don't have anything predetermined yet. That's OK. No, no worries. Um, we can we can just start it off. Did you prefer to talk about one first or did you not care? No, not at all. <laughs> okay, good. I, I think we should do like physical Okay. It's like the physical portion of Big Brother. Okay. Um, first, I'll ask you, what are your thoughts? First of all, tell us, tell us your thoughts of who you think is the is the best Big Brother player. I'll let you tell us who it is, and I guess a general idea of why. Not you don't gotta. Go. Okay, so I feel like there's not even a question about it. Uh, but <laughs> I feel like Dan Giesling is the best. Uh, reasons being, I mean, we can give it during the podcast, but. Um, you know, I first of all, we can actually address Derek. Shout out to Derek. You know, Derek, in my opinion, top player, possibly the best winning game ever. Um, you know, like he's, you know, going by stats at least, possibly one of the best winning games ever. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, he has a lot of qualities of a great player. But um, first of all, like I haven't seen Derek play more than once. You get what I'm saying? Like okay. if you want to care to like Survivor, that's almost like Kim Spryland. One of the best winning games of all time, but mm-hmm. at that time we only saw Kim play once. Came back from Winners at War, and you know it was a, it was a little uh, little rocky, you know. But <laughs> um, for this one, I th- I just think Dan is very versatile, and I think that that's really going to be the main push for my discussion and my argument for this. It's like I think he's very adaptable um, and, and very versatile with like his skill set. I, I think um, he's really crafted how to play the game from the bottom efficiently and still kind of run the game without ever being really seen as that top dog. And, and you know, we can break mm-hmm. it down uh, the further we get into this podcast, but I, you know, I, I, I like Derek. There's just a certain things. I, ain't, I, I don't think you can compare to Dan yet, but um, I'm, yeah. I'm really excited to see your argument for it. 
Okay. Yeah, I mean, in general, I do feel like Derek is the best player ever. I think because I think the reason is because I value like control. I do value control in in the Big Brother game. I think the more control you have over your own game, the higher regard I see you and the ability to kind of keep a consistent amount of control throughout the game, in my opinion, is what I value a little bit more. I think that Derek is underestimated because of his lack of adversity. Um, But I feel like that's not a cheap knock on his game, but I feel like it's, it's not sound enough for me to really grasp onto that, that concept. But we can get more into it. <laughs> um, um, okay, so starting off with with like the physical game, I guess just winning comps. Well, how would how would you describe like the physical game of Big Brother? Because I have other ideas too. So, I mean, first of all, it's it's interesting because we have two bodies of work of Derek of Dan to look at versus Derek's first, right? And right. Um, I actually wrote this down so. Across Dan's two seasons, so, I mean, if you want to just go off of, like, the regular, like, HOHs and vetoes, mm-hmm. um, I mean, Dan won three HOHs in 10, um, and then he won one, no, he won two in 10, sorry, he won two, three in 10 and two in, uh, in 14, 14, right? Yeah. And then, um, Completely got it wrong. One more time. He got three and ten and one and fourteen. And then for vetoes, he got two and ten and one and fourteen. And 14 yeah. it, so it's it is a little weird though because uh, if you're looking at Big Brother fourteen, uh, the the comps were a little bit more wacky, uh, a little bit all over the place. Where um, if you're looking at like modern day Big Brother competitions. Uh, someone like Ian Terry is not going to be looked at as like a comp beast, right? But mm-hmm. since they were so wacky, wonky, um, you know, Ian definitely had like the leg up against his competition. Yeah. Where if you're looking at 10, uh, you know, Dan, first of all, throwing competition that he probably could have won. Um, mm-hmm. And then when he did want to win them, like, like you know, he won them. Um, Derek, on the other hand, I can say a little bit of the same. He he threw a lot of competitions that he felt like he didn't need. And then, you know, he pulled up the wins when he did. So mm-hmm. I, I I personally don't, at least with these two, don't think much of the comp prowess because I don't think the players themselves care too much about the comp prowess. Let me, I mean, just looking at Derek's numbers, um, Derek won four HOHs. He didn't win any vetoes, but yeah. he technically, sorry, won four HOHs because one of them he got dethroned yeah. um, during the Battle of the Block. But, I mean, even with that, I mean, uh, you can look at the twist of Battle of the Block where you're giving way more opportunities to win uh, these competitions. You know, there's a, a few more castmates in the season than the previous I mean than Dan so mm-hmm. um you know there's more weeks and more days to win these competitions so um I, I don't think either one of them are like looked at as like standout comp beast yeah. when you're looking through the blueprint of like big brother history um I don't you know I think they're both more than capable of winning whenever they want to um but I don't think either one of them stand out against the other um in either one of those categories I, I agree. I, I do agree with that. I feel like this kind of goes more into um, strategic too, but I was thinking like when it comes to the competitions of the season in general, mm. um, 
who was winning those competitions, whether that was helping the person or not, that's not Derek's Derek specific comp ability, but he was able to ensure that the people winning the comps were with him. And I did like that about Derek's game, but that's, that's could be just considered strategy. You know what I'm saying? But um, that's something that came to my mind because when it came to, especially in 16, when it came to the comps, Derek made sure everyone winning those comps were locked in with him. And I think having control over who wins the the comps is also a a testament to the physical game because he has everyone in the physical game on his side. You know what I'm saying? But um, just, just you know, that's fair. That's fair because I mean, and this is more towards the strategy side, like you said, but um, I think Derek's strength, obviously with his control, uh, having a big alliance of big, guys you know to be fair <laughs> <laughs> uh like like uh the way they casted the game was way different back then so you know to be fair. um but you know when you do have like a caleb you have a zach and a cody uh you got you know even frankie who was pretty good in competitions you know like of course like you're not going to lose um you know yeah. even the opposition in some sorts of a donnie you're technically still working with in some sorts because of team usa so yeah. You know, with that, especially with how they broke the game, the the twist of uh, Battle of the Block, right. yeah, like like his allies are going to win. Yeah, you know, you're starting out in the lines called the Bomb Squad, and then you get the detonators with the remnants mm-hmm. of that, and like you're, he's mm-hmm. naturally always going to be in the majority because of that. So, yeah. yeah, his allies won comps, but it's not like he was like, you need to win this comp then. You need to win this comp then. Like, yeah, Caleb already there mm-hmm. who wants to win everything, right? Derek, I mean, Dan on the other side, uh, you know, he, in both of his seasons, more so 10 than the other one, I would say he didn't really need to tell people when to win things because, like, he was playing from the bottom, like I said. Like, he, uh, you know, he was very adjustable with who he was working with. He has a Renegades alliance with Memphis over here. Um, he has side alliances with, like, uh, uh, Rennie and Keisha over here where mm-hmm. they're winning competitions as well. He doesn't need to tell them what to do. You got Jerry, who, even though Jerry was coming after Dan, it's like there was a bigger fist to fry, so he didn't naturally come against them. So it's like yeah. where Derek thrives, where he needs to tell people, you know, tell people when to win things. <laughs> Dan doesn't need to because it's like his position's a little bit different. He's playing from the bottom where right. Derek's playing from the top, you know? So right. um, it, it really depends on where they're at in the game and, and the way that they break down their strategies. Like, like that's why I'm saying, like, I don't think that either mm-hmm. one of them really thrive with competitions. Yeah, uh, I think it's about what I want to. Yeah, honestly. yeah. Okay, we can we can slide into the strategy then. Okay, because that's that's where they they differ a lot, you know. Um, I feel like with Derek, like you said, it was the big alliance, and he was kind of the pioneer, one of the pioneers of the concept. He kind of laid out the next couple of seasons with the big alliance strategy, the onion alliance strategy, where he's in the center with. Cody, and then on the outside, they have the detonator, and then they have the bomb squad on, on top of that. And I feel like, for me, that's one of my biggest positives for Derek. That's one of the reasons that I really do think that he is a very good player, because he kind of, in a way, broke freaking just Big Brother in general. He really laid out the 
in my opinion, perfect strategy in order to get to the end of the game if you're able to do it. And we saw it work like the next seasons after that multiple times with people kind of simulating the same thing and getting to the end of the game with that same exact strategy that he kind of created. I feel like um, I'll leave it there because I feel like that's the pro I felt with Derek. And then with Dan, you know, he did play from the bottom and I feel like his strategic ability got him out of there. But for me, the fact that he had to play from the bottom is why I see him a little bit less positively than Derek, because you shouldn't have to. There's a lot of big brother players who, who don't have to. And I feel like with Dan, it feels like in every scenario, he ends up in a situation where he is playing from that position. And I can't help but feel he has something to do with that. You know what I'm saying? You know what I'm saying? And, you know, I agree with you. Like, let's just start with Derek. Like, I agree with you because the way he played was a lot more upfront. But, you know, I, I do want to say there's a lot of factors specifically with his season that kind of got him into that position. Like, like what? Um, all right. First one, Team USA. He gets a pre-built alliance with Frankie and Donnie. Frankie and Donnie are also probably two of the other people who are really, like, willing to take – big moves out of everyone else in the season, right? Mm. But since they have this pre-built alliance, since Donnie's social game, unfortunately, wasn't that strong, um, you know, like he's leaning on Derek and Frankie. You got Frankie who wants to make moves. And then we have a reset button that's thrown in. And, you know, like we'll get to that in a little bit. Um, <laughs> but then, so so that's one thing. The second thing is uh, Battle of the Block, like I've been saying. You know, Battle of the Block is kind of – really like an OP kind of twist if you really manage it. Um, we mm-hmm. saw Derek kind of come up with the blueprint. We saw Vanessa completely break it. But um, as long as you have like a majority of the alliance and, you know, you have at least one or two comp beasts in there, you're always at some point going to be winning because you can put two of your alliance members up to throw the competition. So the person that you do want to win it is always going to be at the top. You know what I'm saying? And, mm-hmm. and you know, I, I can take Derek out and, and throw like any kind of Joe Schmo. Like if you throw someone in there, someone's gonna figure it out, you know. Like like just like the the season after Vanessa, who I still think Derek's a better player than Vanessa, but Vanessa perfected it, but probably to higher extents than Derek did. You know what I'm mm-hmm. saying? So it, like I, I get what you're saying, but like there are some factors where, um, you know, with the two buys of work, I, I think Dan. Is his best body work is definitely intent his winning season, and this is a season with no twist. Like, what there's like um, America's player, but that didn't affect the game whatsoever. You know, you had an option to say no, so I'm not going to count that. Mm-hmm. But Dan played in the season with no twist. We had to see him start with Brian trying to run everything, completely mm-hmm. fail, and then trying to build his way back to the top and eventually overcome. Um, I've seen Derek, and you know, this is more to a social game, so I'll wait on that. But with, with the strategy, like um, making a deal with Ollie, where you know, he promising Ollie, like, look, you get to mm-hmm. control my HOH, you get to control my veto. This guy foolishly says yes, mm-hmm. and Dan breaks it. But instead, because he knows that it's going to piss Ollie off, he does replacement nominee roulette to basically mm-hmm. point everyone at each other. So it's like, hey, I'm breaking my deal. But you all are going to be saying each other's names and pissing each other off at the same time, you know? So mm-hmm. we, we see this in 14. We also see this in 10. But Dan has a way of kind of like controlling chaos, right? Where you see Derek controls players. 
Dan likes to control the tempo and chaos of the game to like mm-hmm. piss everybody off against each other, right? Even in 14, we see this where he knows his back's against the wall. He does Dan funeral and he's like, look, Frank, I know you're pissed off at me, but you need to be pissed off at you. E. And he's been throwing you and, and Mike under the bus the entire season. Mm-hmm. And hey, now Jen's on board. Now everyone's pointing their fingers at that tide and they get Brittany out. Like it's Dan doesn't need to control people. He needs to control people's emotions. Right. Mm-hmm. And when you can get everybody angry enough at each other, they're going to forget about him. He, he knows how to make a big move and then fall back and, and, and act sad and depressed in bed for like an entire week and then pop back up the next week, you know? So, mm-hmm. um, you know, I'm, I'm kind of all over the place right now, but I just no, think that, yeah, I, I just think that, you know, even though we saw Derek on like a one track and he had a plan from the get and followed it to a T right. I saw Dan not really succeed and then kind of adjust himself to what he was given and, and completely overcome all odds, not one, but two times. You get what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Um, and that's not even the end of it, but, you know, I'll stop right there. For now. That's fair enough. I feel like, okay, first, with the with the twist, the, the Team America, the Battle of the Block, that, that situation. I do feel like with the Battle of the Block, it was a layer of, if you were able to game it, then you can, you can kind of get past that twist. And I think that Derek was able to game it well, but I wouldn't say that that's necessarily a testament to him having it easier or anything. I think he had to be capable of gaming it, and he was. I feel like um, Team America, in my opinion, I think that I wouldn't consider it a built-in alliance. I do think it encouraged them, those people to work together. However, I wouldn't say that I'm confident that it would have affected the game had it not existed. I don't necessarily think that if Team America didn't exist, anything that season would have changed. Um, just based on kind of how the competition's with, I don't see there, – there was never a week that, like, Donnie was HOH with the capabilities of necessarily actually taking Derek out, and he just decided not to because of it, which is why I'm not confident. And even Frankie, like, Frankie it was the type of player who was a little bit coy, a little bit scared – um, sometimes. And I think that even if Team America didn't exist, he still wouldn't have taken the shot. But, you know, we don't know. So I don't necessarily see those as as too big of an advantage. And then when it comes to Dan, well, firstly, there wasn't twist in the game, but he did have the ability to speak to a jury member in his first season. And I do think that that could have helped the perception. Well, she said, Michelle said that it helped the perception of how she felt about him. She said that initially she would have never voted for him. And afterwards, she did want to vote for him. So in my opinion, that is an advantage that hasn't really been seen again in um, Big Brother for a while. So I do think that that helped him. But when it came to his game in general, my biggest problem was the fact that he was in danger. And it was because of some of his actions. And it is because when he pisses Ollie off, sure, he corrects he corrects it, but you can't correct it every time. And that's, in my opinion, why he lost the second time he played because he was playing with fire to begin with. I think in Big Brother 10, when he did these moves that, in my opinion, were unnecessary, I don't think he had to promise that to Ali. I think he could have just won the, won the cup. And instead, he actively does things that pisses people off. And I think because he actively does things that pisses people off, whether or not he can get around it, it's still a testament to that he, in my opinion, is not as good of a player as someone who doesn't do that. That's kind of how I feel. 
in that situation. You know what I'm saying? Now, now, um, and I'll stick with Derek, and then we can get we can jump to Dan just so I. Can <laughs> um, so with with Derek, I do disagree with with the twist thing because there's also a big twist you're leaving though, right? Um, Big Brother reset, right? There's Let's say this whole battle, you know, Team America thing isn't helping him. Okay, cool. Mm-hmm. I disagree because, like, you know, Frankie. I think uh, even though. He was a little bit like more of a scared player to take a shot at him, um, even though he didn't necessarily take a direct shot at Derek. He did take a huge shot at the people around Derek, that being Cody and that being Victoria. Mm-hmm. Um, now, Cody would have stayed, but Frankie, when his, he won his HOH, put up uh, Cody and Victoria in Victoria would have left. And, mm-hmm. uh, you know, a lot of people talk about how big Cody is for his game. That's fine. A, a lot of people kind of downplay the fact that victoria honestly is it's probably an even bigger portion for his game than cody Mm -hmm. you know um and if victoria leaves that's a big point that you're missing because one thing that Derek and victoria would constantly do is pretend to beef in the house victoria would be like i'm not voting you Derek. i'm gonna go to the house and poison the jury against you and all this stuff right and we saw confessionals with frankie grande talking about like oh Maybe, you know, maybe Derek's not as big as a threat as I thought because, you know, he even though she's she's going home, she's going to poison the jury against Derek, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, but the reset happened and then Victoria stays and Frankie goes, you know, yeah. and it's it's like that's another huge twist, in my opinion, that helps them. And, you know, it's like, you know, Team America basically kind of stops, but not really stops Frankie from nominating Derek. And then we also have Team the reset button that completely saves Derek's game, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. Um, and e- even on top of that, you know, you touched up on adversity a little bit earlier in the podcast, but adversity, I don't think he handles adversity too well. Uh, we, we have a prime week where uh, the only time, in my opinion, that he really faced any adversity was Zach Rantz. Mm-hmm. He basically throws him under the bus, snitches him out to uh, Victoria and Nicole and I don't know what Nicole is feeling just yet, but Victoria at least seems so. Like she was <laughs> down. She understood that Derek was playing her. He was like, look, he has another alliance without you. And uh-huh. Victoria cut her mouth shut, all this stuff. You unfortunately, Zach, foolishly enough, goes to Derek and kind of like tries to cover his track, thinking that he will find out. He wasn't. But yeah. um, even when he did find out, you know, Derek, like Cody, has a hot head, right? And uh-huh. it's like, you know, he's calling Zach out in front of the whole house. Honestly, if Zach just kept his mouth shut, or if Zach just been like he's he stayed ten toes of what he was saying, Derek leaves that conversation look like a liar, right? Mm-hmm. But since he ratted his own self out, uh, you know, it's like you know he snitched on himself and he completely ruined any credibility he had, and it, it was over. But um, you know, we have Derek over here. Back against the wall, really bad rebuttals, really bad conversations. Talking about, are you trying to take food out of my kid's mouth? Like everyone, like, what the hell does that have to do with the game? You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? Like, like Derek was caught. You know yeah. what I'm saying? But uh, you know, and, and this is a touching up on a question that I have for later in the podcast. But uh, mm-hmm. his cast, honestly, they weren't as game savvy. So it's like, you know, he better. And we can get into that later. We can, we can put a pause on that one. Uh, yeah, yeah. We can put a pause on that one. <laughs> But I do feel like it, you're. I you know what I can agree on the when Derek did face adversity, he didn't seem to be like it. Didn't seem like he was able to really catch himself or or prevent 
people from thinking negatively of him in that moment. No. But I think what helps is that he kind of prepares ahead of time. He makes an alliance with Nicole ahead of time so that even if she's wary, she kind of is stuck in this position where she thinks she needs Derek and Cody. You know, she thinks, oh, well, that is my only alliance. Hayden, Nicole, Derek and Cody. And Victoria, no one was really using her or or treating her as an equal, treating her as an ally. So I think even if in that moment they did end up believing... um, what is that man's name? Zach. I think that eventually they would have had no choice. I think Derek leaves people almost no choice. He kind of forced everyone's hand in that house, in my opinion, to where even if there was a situation where they thought he was capable of doing something, a lot of them had no choice. Nicole would have no choice but to try to work with him because no one else was trying to work with her, even Christine, um, in my opinion. Uh, I mean, and I, there's truth to that, but I've seen Dan do that as well. Uh, just to nitpick one more person in that alliance, like I think of mm-hmm. Caleb, who was also pretty yes. big for that alliance. Caleb was at like the final whatever. I forget what round he got eliminated, but still thinking that there was a bomb squad late game, yeah. right? Um, you, Derek had really little to no effort to the point where he was just like, oh, yeah, Caleb, we need to go to the end because I suck at this game and you're going to beat me. You're such a good winner. And he was like, yeah, I agree. Like, like there was just, like, so many dumb people in that cast. No shame, but, like... You really think this? Yeah, and, and, okay. and to your point, you're, you're saying, like, all right, Dan's strength... Is, I mean, Derek's strength is, like, preparing and making sub-alliances and all that. I would say uh, Dan did the same exact thing. Dan right when... When I, I'm, I'm about to cut you off right now. Okay. Um, let me check my notes real quick, but because I wrote all this down, let me let me check my, <laughs> line, let me check my line chart real quick. Uh, <laughs> give me one okay. So, first of all, we have the silent six boom mm-hmm. with just in case something went south because he had the quack pack, it had him, Brittany, Shane, and Danielle, you know, Brittany. Mm-hmm. And Dan being the coaches, and then Shane and Dan. That was like their little group. They had one sub alliance with Ian, the Quack Pack, mm-hmm. where if case Ian won, boom, we're going to Ian Quack Pack. Mm-hmm. Then we had the Silent Six. If Frank or Boogie win, we're going there. He had mm-hmm. two sub alliances there. That's one point. Second point, when we're looking at uh, weeks where he's doing Dan's funeral and it looks like he's at the bottom of the Quack Pack, he's going to go home. What does he do? He makes another alliance with who? Frank and Jen. Mm-hmm. He votes with them for a week, and then guess what? He flips right back to the quackback because it's convenient for him. Mm-hmm. Um, and then even if we're looking at season um, 10, obviously he has the Renegades with Memphis, but he makes a sub-alliance with him, Memphis, and then he also has it, uh, Keisha and Rennie on the side, mm-hmm. just in case if anything goes south and they win a competition, boom, we got that side. And then if something went wrong, he would have just flipped right over to uh, Michelle and Ollie. Like, Mm-hmm. He was also very prepared during the season. And, you know, Derek, he did it. But I, I see two other seasons with Dan of him also preparing himself just in case something went south. I think they both did, you know. And mm-hmm. um, if anything, I would say that Dan actually did it a little bit more effectively because not only did he blindside Brittany with one of the greatest moves ever and mm-hmm. completely jump and ship, but then he – basically had the uh, the the quack pack trusting him back to enough doing that groundwork with like Danielle to basically get Danielle to wrap Ian back in. I mean um, to wrap Shane back in mm-hmm. or Dan making the Renegades 2.0 alliance with, with Ian to mm-hmm. wrap Ian back in, you know, and it's it's like he 
always had these one-on-one like connections to kind of yeah. bring people back in just in case something went south, you know? So I would say Dan also like did stuff like that. I, I will say. I, I, we can save that for a question I have <laughs> because I have a little bit of disagreement with that. Okay. Um, is there anything else strategy wise that you want to talk about before we get into social? Um, and then let the me let me let me check real quick. <laughs> let me check real quick. So if there's anything strategic, I do. Okay, so there's one thing I want to bring up. Mm-hmm. Now, this is also, you know, to each their own. There's no confirmed uh, places you can find this 100. percent So you know, it's a rumor, but. <laughs> From articles that I read and extra interviews <laughs> that I've seen, mm-hmm. they're saying there's a potential. Uh, there, there was a potential jury's agreement for a returnee not to win. And when they say returnee, they're specifically talking about Dan. You know, exactly. Um, and even going back further before the jury phase, we see uh, Willie Hans. He's starting to talk like week one. Oh, the coaches in here. They played before. Boom. We should mm-hmm. not have a coach win. We have after the reset week where, you know, everyone's coming back into the game. You know, I mean, sorry, the coaches are joining the game. Uh, we're seeing people like definitely, I think it was like Joe, Jen, and a couple of those other people. I never saw Ian in those convos, but they were also talking about, look, they played before, they can't win. You know, like there was plenty on feed conversations with these people saying a coach can't win. And allegedly, you know, they're going mm-hmm. to the jury house and talking about, uh, you know, a coach shouldn't win this. We need a newbie to win. We have Frank in here talking about, oh, this is my season. Shoot, Boogie as well, who didn't even want to play the game mm-hmm. with Frank, talking about uh, a coach shouldn't win. Uh, you know, like, he didn't want Janelle to win. He didn't want Dan to win. And mm-hmm. he, I don't think he thought Brittany could win, you know? So, mm-hmm. but this, I don't, go ahead. This is my thing with that. I feel like, I don't feel like that that is bullshit. I do believe that no. that was a thing. However, I don't think that that was, so, I don't think it's possible for humans to be that consistent, in my opinion. I don't believe it's possible for week one them to think this, or even when the jury starts for them to think this, and then that just be the end-all, mm. be-all of every situation. So, I mean, if you, so okay. wait, 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 wait. I believe if Brittany made it to the end of that game, she would have won. And because I feel that way, we don't have any proof of really either side, but because I genuinely do think Brittany would have won that game, it's hard for me to say it was no coach could win because I do think Brittany could have won. I think Dan won, lost because of Dan's treatment of some of the jury members. I think it was easy for them to be bitter. It was easy for them to agree to this agreement because of what he did. It wouldn't have been easy to do that with a Brittany. Brittany didn't play in a way that made it easy for people to not respect her game or want her to win. I think Dan made it easy for them to agree to that, honestly. And I think because his actions made it easy for him to agree, like him pretending to be with Frank and Jen and then immediately flipping on them, of course it's going to be easy for them to not want to vote for him. I mean, look what you did to them. And I think that Dan's um, relationship with the jury members is what aided in that idea. Even if it was an idea or an agreement, I don't think that that was the end-all be-all for him. I don't think it was impossible for Dan to win the game. I don't think it's that, oh, there's no way we can convince them otherwise. They're just so stern and they're just the most one-sided people in the world and all of them are going to be like i don't think that's true at all i think he definitely had the potential to like he was convincing them all season to do what he wanted he also had the potential to convince them to vote for him if he played in a manner that 
allowed them to be convinced that way. And I don't think he necessarily did. I kind of feel like it's his fault that he lost. I do. Whether they had that agreement or not. And you know, they, you know girl, hold on, because they in the uh, <laughs> they in the comments talking about some Britney. Nah, I strongly disagree. Strongly that, disagree. That's not. That's not. Yeah. Necessarily. Yeah, disagree. Um, but yeah, I saw I had tweet. You got out of here. Um, but but just to, <laughs> but uh, me just to add on to that, and, and like I said, that's a rumor. Um, you know, there's yeah. some articles on it, but like no confirm. You know, so to Easter on with that. Um, but definitely one last thing I want to say. Because this this does pertain to strategy is I think that Dan was also really caught off guard with like the way that the jury questioning happened, you know, mm-hmm. like if he's coming off of his first time where um, it's not as time constricted, it's not live, you're getting to ask whatever you want with the jury. It's more of a conversation for like at least like an hour or something, I believe, you know, yeah. it's a different story. We, we have actually interviews with people specifically like Joe and Jen. Mm-hmm. saying that um, if they saw or got to speak with Dan a little bit longer during the jury questions and ask more questions to get a better understanding of his game, um, that they would have actually voted for him. Um, but since they didn't really have that much time to speak with them in the mm-hmm. jury questioning, they went off of their emotions and they voted against them, you know, and, I mean, granted, that's like oh, what only two votes. You need two more to win, right? You know, yeah. like he already had Danielle. Those two, uh, you know, I don't think he's going to flip uh, Frank. I don't think he's going to flip Shane. I don't think he's going to flip. Uh... I will have to think about it. But you know, there's 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 mm-hmm. room for adjustment there. Oh, sorry, Ashley. I don't think he's going to flip Ashley because they were yeah. all, you know. But Probably. you know, I, actually, I'm not strong on Shane. I think Shane and I think um, Brittany are open at least. Yeah. Not more, more so. Brittany, not Shane. Brittany was definitely um, open. Yeah, but it's like you know, if if the jury questionings were a little bit more differently, and you know, they were like the original way that he was used to, um, you know, I think that there's a chance for him to win. Like, you know, that's a big complaint of ours for like years, but mm-hmm. they expect for you to talk about an entire summer's worth of gameplay in like five minutes, and that that it's kind of crazy. Not even that, like two minutes. I think yeah. I, I forget how much time they get. Um, so that that's also another thing. Uh, like he was completely dusting Ian in these question answers, in my opinion, and he didn't really have a lot of time mm-hmm. to really like break down his game. If you look at Big Brother Ten, that jury came in very pissed off mm-hmm. at Dan, but since he had the time to talk people down and use logic, then he became the first ever unanimous winner of Big Brother. You get what mm-hmm. I'm saying? So yeah. I'm also going to use that as like you know something in his corner where like the jury questioning format didn't benefit him um that's yeah that's all enough. i have that's fair enough i just feel like you shouldn't have to rely on that and in a uh, way okay. in a way he did both times okay. in a way and i feel like he shouldn't have to he should be able to play the game and, and be I able to get the most i don't know I but um <laughs> we can move on we can move on to social because in my opinion um, when it comes to the social game, I feel like there's layers to it. I feel like there's jury management. I feel like it's likability. I feel like it's not having people call you Judas, not having people. No, nah, I'm kidding. But I just feel like it's it's a general likability in the house, a general way that you can use your social game to maneuver. I don't think Dan is bad socially. I know that he has very good like um, capabilities of one-on-one and asking people mm-hmm. personally and about their personal um information but i feel like one of dan's biggest flaws is his lack of consideration of other people's emotions i think he acts first and then acts again to 
help them calm down their emotions. And I feel like instead he should play in a more emotion forward way. And I think that that's kind of one of the biggest issues I have with his game is him not caring that he's lying to Ali and going to betray him, not caring that he's lying to Frank and going to betray him, not caring that he's sending Brittany home in this very extreme way, you know? And it's like these things that could cause him to lose the game. And I feel like even though he's capable of overcoming them, the fact that he does it in the first place for me is just really a lot. Like it could be a lot for a lot of people. A lot of players in Big Brother are emotional. There's so many juries that we get that, vote emotionally people might call them bitter people might call them emotional we get so many times we got it three times in a row with paul then paul then tyler and it's like these are the things that cause these people to lose and i feel like in the wrong season dan could lose and i think big brother 10 was a good season for him a scenario where he could win but a lot of the times i don't think dan could even win a final two jury because we saw it paul didn't do it i feel like he would get that paul Tyler treatment and we could blame the juries but right now we're talking about Dan and we're not talking about the juries so in my opinion I feel like he caught the, the way he plays the game can cause a lot of bitterness and I don't find that to be someone who I would want to say is the best player when on the other side I think Derek is very likable I think people tend to like him a lot when he was disliked it was from Donnie and Jacosta they felt like he was fake praying all of this other stuff so I do understand that but in my opinion, for the overwhelming majority, it seems like people liked Derek. They wanted to vote for Derek. They were happy to vote for Derek. And I'm not sure that Dan has the same, you know. I would I would say I would say he did. Um, see yes. the 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 difference is that I think their styles are way different. When you're at the top, um, and you can play a more transparent game than than cool, right? And now. I don't even think Derek played that transparent of a game, but um, you know, first of all, Duke came in as an undercover cop already with that training, um, you know, so like they already knew how to do that. He spent years. I, I think it was like some kind of like college campus drug thing. I forget, yeah. but he was already used to that. You know what I'm saying? So like he already knew what he was doing with that. Dan was just like, what? What was he? He just came in as uh, a Catholic teacher and a coach. Yeah. So, um, first of all, he didn't have that training coming in, but I mean, that's not an excuse, you know, that that's his lifestyle. Cool. Um, I would say Derek, the, the only things, and I have his cast in front of my face that I can think of that he really kind of has a leg up over Dan in these seasons. Cause if you play at third time, you know, he has this in his arsenal is that he was a parent. Right. I think that he was a parent. He could bond with people like Brittany um, about her kids. You know, he was like a bro guy. He could talk with like Caleb and and uh, Cody and all of them about like all that other BS up there until. Um, and, you know, he was just open to talk to people. So, you know, he's the right age. Uh, how old was he during this season? He was let me get a specific number. He was not no 39 during the season. I forget what how old he was. I have to look at it. But Derek, um, I think Derek yeah. was 33. 33. Okay. So he's 33. You know, he's not too old, not too young. You know, he's just like right there in the middle, right? So yeah. he was relatable. He would get talk to everybody. Um, you talk to younger people, you talk to older people, right? Dan, I think Dan, specifically 10, young guy coming in. Um, he wasn't at the top, he was at the bottom, right? He tried to do something with Brian, completely blew up. What does he have to do? Talking Jesse 
from wanting to take him out to like, yeah, maybe I should keep Dan in, right? Because, mm-hmm. you know, you see him against Steven. Everyone wants Dan out originally because he was close to Brian. And instead of pitching for the other person to go, Dan's like, look, you know, I was very loyal to Brian. So, like, if you, you know, show me some loyalty, like, I can give that loyalty to you because I'm a lone ranger. I'm all alone. And it, he also, as you said, did something that not a lot of people in Big Brother history do, which is actually learn and care about these people. Mm-hmm. Um, he did this in both of his seasons. He learning where they're from, the names of their family, the things that they're into. He would sit with Ian and learn names about Pokemon, and he wasn't even into Pokemon at the time. Or, mm-hmm. um, you know, m- m- how many times have I heard him talk about Rennie? Talk that sh- she's like a hairstylist and like she's from New Orleans. Uh, mm-hmm. Like I only re- I only remember half of this stuff because it was Dan constantly yeah. regurgitating these things. Uh, being friendly during the wall competition, giving people like all these like like fun little coach speeches so they feel empowered on the wall. Mm-hmm. Um talking about businesses and real estate with Memphis. Uh you know, there he he would do this with this cast. Even Jerry, the guy who called him Judas, he changed his mind like a couple weeks later, like, you know, Dan, I was in the wrong. You're you're actually a really good guy. Mm-hmm. Uh one one twist uh, I will say definitely helped Dan. Um you know this is more of the game but you know he won the the advantage to go talk to someone from the jury or in the game, and he brought Michelle and basically turned a bitter Michelle into a pro Dan Michelle. You get what I'm yeah. saying? So it's like, um, even though, you know, he pissed people off at them, that he always found a way to, like, bring them back in. You know, we saw the Keisha week where Keisha came in like, Dan, Memphis, are you betraying me? He was like, mm-hmm. I, I ain't put you on the block. Go talk to that guy. Yeah. And she's completely... Ignore Dan. She wasn't even mad at Dan anymore. She was mad at mm-hmm. Memphis. Um, and, you know, that's another point that I want to talk about later. His relationship with Memphis was huge. Um, but, yeah, like Dan, yeah, he, he you know, even talking about his losing game, uh, Daniel Murphy, Kurt constantly making his girl cry, dialing her back in immediately, right? <laughs> Pissed off Frank, who hates Dan the entire season, dials her in immediately mike boogie who completely wanted to get this guy out because he wanted to protect the legacy of dr will dials him in you know Mm -hmm. shane pissed off that he just betrayed Brittany, his coach dials him back in like he Mm -hmm. yeah he does this thing where he pisses people off but since the social game is so phenomenal and he actually cares about these people and learns about these people like it's just wild to see like i've never i think i don't think this ever been replicated of a player completely pissing people off time and time and time again. And then they just completely fall back in. And we've seen people post season talk about Dan's just a really nice guy, very charming, very cool guy. He like that yeah. that's just how he is, you know? So it's like that mixture with strategy, you know, I think the strategy portion of it is more so the reason why people get pissed off of them later. Um, but the social game, I think his social game is phenomenal. I think it's way leagues better than Derek. You know, I didn't see Derek connect with everybody. I just saw him connect with the people he was close to. I saw Dan actively connect with the entire cast of Big Brother 10 and, for the most part, the entire cast of Big Brother 14. You know what I'm saying? And mm-hmm. uh, it, it, that, that, to me, is what a prime social game is. But uh, I see both sides. Period. I feel like... I, I agree that when it came to connecting to people one-on-one, learning about them, that Dan did a good job. Um, I think Derek did the, I think Derek did it too, but I think that Dan did do it in a more particular way to where it was a little bit more intense. However, 
I just feel like Dan's cons when it comes to that is the betraying them, making them mad and having to reel them back in. And I feel like that alone puts him a little bit lesser than me, lesser to me than Derek, because Derek just doesn't piss people off and he doesn't intend to, and he doesn't play that. He doesn't set the game up in a way where he has to. And honestly, sometimes Dan doesn't have to either. He just chooses to. And I think that's my issue is that you choose to piss people off sometimes when it's not necessary. And, then you have to try to reel them back in and it's not always going to work. And you lost big brother for, in my opinion, that's why he lost big brother 14. Cause it doesn't always work or you don't always have the time to reel them back in. So, Hey, uh, I wouldn't, I wouldn't say he didn't reel back in. Uh, like <laughs> the, I would say Dan, even in his losing season was like finessing people with the social game so much that it's final three. And this is like the only player we've seen in big brother history, throw both parts one, and part two of the final HOH <laughs> to like uh, just to, to get this guy's in. Like he he had both Ian and Danielle when the game is usually over at this point, like actively trying to get Dan to this final part of the HOH, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, Derek, I wouldn't say like you know his adversity. I mean his pro his his beef that he had with um, Zach. Mm-hmm. Oh, are you trying to take food out of my kids? Like. When are you ever going to see Dan clap back at somebody when he's in an argument with someone, or is he going to double down, not say anything, or trying to act act weak? That's what he does, right? right. Um, we saw Donnie piss Donnie off to the point where he was like calling him a liar in the camera, and then Derek just ran in and saw him, un- unfortunately, but um, he felt some type of way about that. Uh, you got Derek and Cody both leaving, um, Nicole feeling some type of way now. Obviously, Nicole's a super fan, so like you know, she she was like. Derek, you're one of the best players ever. You know, cool. Mm-hmm. I think that's more of a respect thing, but she and Hayden felt type of way about being betrayed by Derek and Cody at times. You know, mm-hmm. um, Frankie got pissed off a lot with these two in the DR. We saw that. We saw Devin feel some type of way when he wasn't helping him out. Um, you know, there, there's plenty of players in here as well. Christine didn't even hug him on the way out. Like, she was pissed like, it's not like Derek didn't piss people off in the season. It's just that between he pissed him them off Cody, on their way out is how I feel. Right. But, and you know, you <laughs> left this out, but let's not talk about the Victoria <laughs> Pact where everybody was like, if any, either one of these guys sits next to Victoria, we're voting Victoria to win. Mm-hmm. He just happened to sit next to Cody who made one of the worst moves in Big Brother history and took Derek to the end of the game. You mm. know what I'm saying? If Derek's sitting next to Cody, crazy as it sounds, there's actually a shot that he loses to one of the worst players in Big Brother history. I just want to highlight that as well. Dan's never losing to Victoria. No, Derek no. almost lost to, Derek Victoria. Would not have lost to Victoria. Derek is on feeds, and it's also in the jury house, and it's been reported outside the exit interviews. They would that if either lost. one of them sat next to Victoria, they would have lost. That's allegedly. never happening to Dan. I'm just letting you know that as well. Allegedly. So, uh, not allegedly. Like this is this is on. Well, feet. either either, on all that. either so way, like, <laughs> either way, there was no way Victoria was going to win the final eight. Listen, so I'm just saying, if Cody had <laughs> brains, if Cody had brains, he wouldn't have done that. But and that's he did. all. I'm and Derek chose a great. <laughs> he didn't even choose him. He got chose, okay. That's all I'm saying. Okay. Um, but that's all that's all I gotta say about that. So okay. go ahead. We can we can we can get to the questions. I wanna I wanna okay. I wanna I wanna hear some questions. You you can you can ask me one of your sure. questions first. Okay, so I'm actually gonna revamp I'm I'm gonna revisit one of these because we actually um 
touched up on that. So okay. we can we can go back to that pause section. So which of the two players, in your opinion, went against harder competition? Which which of the two players? What went against harder competition? In my opinion, and I'll put it like this: one of the players played against two other winners of Big Brother. <laughs> the other player did not. The other player played against one other winner who he lost to. So I feel like, in my opinion, when it comes to the competition that they played against, I don't see anyone that Dan played against as a great player, in my opinion. I can't name one player. Oh, maybe Memphis. I can't name any other player other than Memphis. Oh, and Brittany. That's it. For me, out of everyone that Dan played with, the only great players I would consider are Memphis and Brittany. In my opinion, Derek played against Cody, who won a season. Nicole, who won a season, one of the greatest women to ever play the game. Cody played one of the greatest um, games in Big Brother history. He played against Frankie, who I consider a great player. So in my opinion, Derek either had equal amount of competition or more. He played against two winners and beat them both. Okay, so I actually I wrote these down. So oh. I'm gonna agree with you. So in in so Derek, he won against Cody and Nicole, two winners. You know, three winners in one season, dope. But he won against Cody and Nicole. Um, I'm I'm going to talk about Cody very soon. Um, but once against Cody and Nicole, I think Frankie is a good player. I think Donnie's a good player. Um, and then I don't think anyone else really did too hot, to be honest. Like Zach, he was ambitious, but he wasn't a good player. And Amber, you know, she wasn't that hot either, unfortunately, because of Kayla. But you know, so that's like what four people. Boom. I'm gonna count the amount of people from 14 before I get to 10. Ian, he won. No. I know you don't think that Ian's a good player. <laughs> I don't think he's amazing, but he's a winner and he won. So I'm going to count he Ian. Um, Danielle, not the hottest, but she also could have won the season if she sat in the end next to either Dan or or, or Ian. So I'm going to say Danielle. Um, I'm, you know, I wrote Shane originally, but I'm going to take that off. I don't, I don't care about Shane too much. Uh, Frank, one of the best competitors, Big Brother history. Um, you know, I have I feel some type of way about him, but he he won a lot of competitions. Um, Brittany easily could have won this game. It took Dan to do the best move in Big Brother history to take her out. Um, Boogie is a winner. Janelle, one of the best competitors in Big Brother history. So we already listed two uh freaking winners already. Let's keep it going. Memphis in Big Brother 10 came back for all stars, did really good. Um, he didn't do the best in 10, to be honest, but he also he was really good. Um, Keisha, great job in 10, not a good job in all stars. You got Jesse, uh, you know, not the best in 10, did really good in 11 now. So I'm gonna list Jesse. Um, I'm gonna be real with you. I put everybody but Angie and Steven for 10. So I'm not even going to put And that, I just don't but, think that makes sense at all. I mean, we can keep going. I, I think you, you can't tell me Jerry, old man Jerry, who won how many freaking competitions? Jerry won at his old age two HOHs, which is insane to me. Um, Rennie, we could hold her off, but she was also very ambitious and very quirky. Uh, Ollie's not good. Michelle was pretty good. April was pretty good. Libra was pretty good. So, and Brian, he was the first boot, so I'm not going to count him, but he was he was a good, he had a good mind. This so. is how I feel about Big Brother Tim. I don't feel like they're, the, what I will say is in Big what Brother. What are you going to say? 
what I will say is in Big Brother 16, they they there were literal bad players. I feel like there, there were most of the cast and I feel like there sucked. was a lot. Of, I feel like there was a lot of bad yeah. players. I agree. Yeah. However, I feel like the good players that Derek played with are better than most of the good players that Dan played with. I wouldn't say Libra, Keisha, Michelle, Memphis, Jesse, any of them are better players than Nicole or Cody. Even on the season they play, even on 16, I feel like Cody and Nicole were very capable players even in that season. Nicole being nowhere in the bomb squad, but making it as far as she did. Cody making it to final two based off of his social game, his comp ability. He won a lot of comps. Caleb won a lot of, there was a lot of people who won a lot of those comps in that season. And I feel like, Frank, for example, Frank, that's kind of all he had. He didn't have brains. He had comp ability, but there's people in 16 who won just as many comps as him, like Caleb, like Frankie. So I feel like when we're comparing the 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 cast, I feel like when we get to the better players, I think the better players who played against Derek, in my opinion, are better than the better players who played against Dan. I feel like the only Brittany is really up there. And I feel like, honestly, other than Brittany, because in my opinion, I don't think Janelle's that good of a player. I think she's great at comps when she was younger. And that season, I wouldn't consider Janelle competition. That, Mike that's Boogie, fair. Mike that's Boogie, fair. I don't think he's a great player. I think Will won twice. I think Disagree. Will won twice. Um, and I think in Mike Boogie, he proved that he wasn't that good because he did not not too great, in my opinion, in, four, in um, 14. Um, so I don't, I don't believe he played against hard competition at all. I don't think Dan was playing against a, 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 a competitive cast either time in 10 they were literally arguing with each other all day what like that's not Look, good gameplay i'm sorry I, I'm, and i'm, I'm gonna agree with the told drama simmer in the chat placement is not everything right i think that your idea of because i think your big argument specifically with this is cody and nicole right for the most part. Yeah, I, I I think Cody, Nicole, and Frankie are a caliber of player to Frankie. I'll with. agree with you with right. Cody was solid, but he made one of the worst moves ever, so I'm not going to count him. And mm-hmm. Nicole in the season got eliminated twice, so I'm, I'm just being honest. I think Nicole and Cody later down the road became like these juggernauts of Big Brother players. But let's be honest, nobody was even thinking about Nicole for returning for Big Brother 18. It was a shock to us all when she, we saw her come out the box. And Cody was – everybody was shocked to see Cody in All-Stars too. I'm going to just keep it real. So it's like the only person that we were thinking of that you listed was Frankie. Um, and I would say Donnie. I don't even know if you said Donnie's name, but Frankie and Donnie. Where – Ian, I don't care what you say. Ian is a, Ian won. So we were thinking Ian, of Ian, Ian on his initial season, the season that he played with Dan. Great player, in my opinion. Um, Frank on the season that he played, great player. Brittany on the season that she played with Dan, how great is, player. Wait, how is Frank a great player? How many? Well, I can listen. He how won many the same comps amount of comps as Cody. Damn near. I'm, I'm gonna read right now. Hold on. Hold so on. it's I'm, like I'm if, sure. if you're I'm gonna, sure. if you, I'm gonna make sure. I need okay. fact check this. Okay. I'm gonna fact check. Cody, so on 16, and you're not probably not wrong. Cody won three HOHs in three vetoes. I'm not saying you're wrong. I just want to frank fact check. Okay. You can fact check. And Frank know. won three HOHs, three vetoes. Okay. Okay. So now, so granted, if, if you're going to say once, you can say the other if that's the reason. Now, granted, Frank, though, Frankie, Frank got nominated. 10 times more. Because Frank was that to... bad of a player to where everyone... And also that much of a threat, though. But Cody was so social threat. that Cody didn't get nominated until top five. Cody was a good player on that season. He was I don't... very socially ingratiated. And he was 
in a great position in the house also. L- listen, and I'm not going to say Aaron call Frank like a top tier strategist or or social player. Like he was really dumb, but that's always right. going to be a hump to get over. Uh like Frank was just like like that's just the guy with nine lives that you can never get rid of. Like he was just winning over and over and over again. Mm-hmm. And it was just tough to see, you know, and it's like Cody, he was good, but the difference between Cody and Frank is that Frank didn't make the worst move in Big Brother history by well, taking a personal I would say he move. was by not <laughs> taking out Dan on the week that he should have taken out got, Listen, it took the greatest move in Big Brother history for him to do that. I'm just saying. And I that's, feel like there, I feel like there, it's the greatest move to, to you. I don't think it was that great of a move. It's great. What? Hey, Dan's funeral is not the greatest. I, movie I think history. I think Dan's funeral. I think Dan's funeral is overhyped because of that's the craziness crazy. of it. I think that's crazy. I think his ability to stay was amazing. I think everything else he did caused him to lose the game. I think that's he crazy. pissed people off consistently because of that move. That that's pretty Man, insane. That's but that's I, pretty I, insane. I I can't agree with Frank right now. I'll take Ian. I don't think Ian's good at all. But I'll take him because he won. But he only won because Dan lost. Because Dan was bad. No shame. That, that's I, pretty I, crazy. But I'll but take that. I feel like I feel like in my opinion, I don't think Derek's competition was good. I don't think he was going against a generally amazing cast at all. No. But I do think the fact that he had control over the cast could be why we don't know why why they seem so bad. But also, I still think he had a competition. I don't think Nicole, whether Nicole grew or not, she wasn't a dud in that season. Yeah, you could say the same thing about Paul controlling 19. When you put someone who's relatively good at speaking people with a bunch of duds, they're going to walk with the shepherd. You know what I'm saying? Like that, that's all I'm saying. I would say and that's 14, what with Dan in 14. I, I actually wouldn't say that. I would say Dan had less control than that in 14. He was not. He did have ever, less control because I don't. He was. He, he wasn't even at top, but he was. But he was. He was adapting to situations and making the best of it. I would say that Dan was getting targeted almost every week. Where. Starting from the coach's position, people took two of his players out. They were trying to get Dan out. Yeah. Um, and then even when they turned to regular players, they were trying to they were on his ass for a majority of that season, you know, and it, it took him to do the craziest moves and betrayals ever to even get to that point. But you're not gonna sit here and tell me Big Brother 10 is a worse cast than Big Brother 16. Like, I, that's I don't that's think that, not I don't think that at all. I just yeah. I just don't think that the caliber of player in Big Brother 10 is is great. They're they're way better than than the caliber of sixteen. Like I think like, overall, I, I think overall, yes. But I still think the better players in sixteen are better than the better players. In later later down the road, I agree. I think not, even in not, that, not, I think even in that season, outside of like what Cody. So Frankie, so so in ten, in ten in ten, what player in Big Brother ten do you think is better than Cody Frankie or Nicole? In my opinion, Nicole, you don't think Nicole. Cody or Frankie were in that season. Because I don't think any, even just Frankie, we can just do Frankie. I don't think any of those players were better than Frankie was in 16. And for me, that's enough. Better than Frankie. In my opinion, from 10. Maybe men. I wouldn't I count, count Keisha out, but I'm, I'm not going to say any of them are better than Frankie, to be honest with you. But, and I'm that, not. And, and I'm not saying that, but I still think overall it was a harder cast because overall they were not flops no shade to 16 and i think that's what makes yeah. sense and i can agree with that so i do agree that in general 
the caliber of player he played against in 10 is better than the general caliber of player that they're played against in six. Because 14 is really top heavy, but it's all Hall of Famers as well, you know? Like, yeah. like I'm, you know, I teach don't know. I'll take it. I'll take it. I'll take it. Um, I think I have a question for you. Let me think. Okay. Um, this is how I feel. So, you mentioned earlier Dan's like ability to have alliances and allegiances. In my opinion, the alliances that Dan were in, he was invited to. I feel like Keisha created the majority alliance in 10. I feel like Brittany was kind of the center of creating the alliance in 14. So I wanted to ask you, do you feel like he benefited from being invited to things rather than him creating his own alliance, his own path? I don't think that he was invited to most of the alliances. Uh, like, like if we're going down to history, first of all, most of Dan's alliances are one-on-one. So he has the Renegades with Memphis, Renegades 2.0 with Ian, um, and those are his really important alliances, right? Mm-hmm. When he but, does do those, okay, okay, you can go, you can go. You when can go. when he does do those, he makes sub alliances in into sub alliances, right? So he grows in ten his alliance from Memphis, with him in Memphis to. Him, Memphis, Keisha, and Rennie. I would say the alliance he had with Memphis, I wouldn't say Keisha made it. I would say more so Memphis oh, with the, the influence of Dan, where Dan was like, look, you're close with Keisha. You go get Keisha, and I'm going to go get Rennie. And then, boom, they made that. So I wouldn't say that Keisha made that alliance by any means. I think it was a collaborative effort between him and Memphis. But even if we look at 14, he uses his alliance with Danielle, Basically, and he basically feeds off of all the relationships she makes and all the relationships he makes, just like uh, he did in 10, but it was just a little bit more sinister, if, if you want to call it that. So <laughs> he uses his con- he uses his connection with Brittany and Danielle Showmance with Shane to make that a four-person group. And then they make two sub-alliances, one with Ian <laughs> and then one with Mike and Frank, right? So mm-hmm. he basically leeches off of his alliances to get them to bring other people in and then it turns to a big group right i would say what derek did is a little bit more organic but it was kind of handed to him at points right because team america we have donnie and frankie right he has a one he has team america with donnie that's it right but frankie i honestly don't think frankie works with derek and, and and you know the rest of them if this this comes up, but I think that Frankie was kind of like also heavily benefited off of Team USA. So, you know, we have the bomb squad, which is Devin's alliance. You know, mm-hmm. Derek didn't make that. Devin made it. Devin and Caleb make this big alliance with Amber, Caleb, Christine, Cody, Devin, Frankie, Hayden, and Zach. Good shit show. So that blows up. Uh, and then he uses his close one-on-one connection with Cody to kind of do sort sort of what Derek, I mean, what Dan did, right? So he makes the detonators, which is kind of the remnants of the bomb squad, which is Christine, Cody, Derek, Frankie, and Zach. That wasn't Derek just saying, we need to do this. If you remember the scene, it was a bunch of them in the same room together. Where they were all like, yo, like, isn't this all the bomb squad? We should all just work together. And they, because I don't think he even invites Christine or invites Zach, if it's not for them all just being in the same room at the same time. And 
you know, it's not like he came up with this grandiose plan. They just all happen to be at the right place, right? So even outside of that, he has his one-on-one with Hitman. Um, they actually have, like, uh, a loose alliance with Zach. Um, it, it's him coding Zach. It doesn't really go anywhere. Mm-hmm. Um, but then the only other thing is was a collaborative effort. I would say this is the only alliance that Derek made on his own other than Hitman, which is the rationale that had uh, Nicole and Hayden and, and Cody in it with them, mm-hmm. you know? And that was more so, if you remember, him and Cody getting ready to jump ship from the detonators. And they were this close to doing it until Caleb kind of, like, jogged their memory and was like, wait, don't do that yet. Mm-hmm. Um, that's the only alliance that I would say that Derek actively made. Everything else, he, it just kind of either fell into his lap or he was invited to, you know? So mm-hmm. I've seen Dan make more alliances than Derek actually make alliances. I feel you. I feel like the path to Dan's success is heavily based on the success of, in my opinion, Brittany and kind of his relationship with Danielle. It just feels like other people. I feel like when Derek did get into alliances, of course, he was um, invited in. But when it came to him taking control of his own game, I feel like he took a lot of control of his own game. And I feel like Dan did not. I feel like other people took control. I feel like they helped him get to a certain point. And then at a certain point, Dan would pick up some pieces or he would um, create a bond in an alliance. And I think that's good. But I think at the whole scope of things, Dan was just in so much more trouble because he wasn't in, like, for example, the reason he was at the bottom of the, not the quack pack, what's it called? That alliance. The reason he was in the, in the position to be the first one gone, in my opinion, is because he was never, he never positioned himself went well in that alliance. It was always Britney's alliance. In my opinion, it was always Britney's alliance. She was running it. She was running the course of the game. And Dan was in the grace of Britney. And he was going to go home that week because of it. I think he strategically got himself out of that. But when it comes to the alliance structures, I feel like in both alliance structures, it was, at least initially, he was not in a good position. He had to crawl to that. And I think that's because of his lack of agency when it came to those alliance structures. In my now, now, this is where you're wrong. This is where you're wrong. Um, the reason that he did go home, if you remember, you know, they threw, uh, you know, Shane threw Frank and, um, Boogie up Mm -hmm. and they were looking for a person to blame. They cornered Shane and then Shane basically threw Brittany under the bus. Shane blamed Brittany. Brittany then had to play catch up and try to protect herself. And she didn't want to throw Ian up because Ian was giving them intel. So instead, she didn't give a name, and, and, and Frank and Boogie assumed. They're like, all right, if it's not Shane and it's not Brittany, then it's Dan, right? Yeah. And Brittany was like, I'm not naming anybody. And then they came with the conclusion that it was Dan. Therefore, when the veto was won and they were looking for someone to put a head on a stick, <laughs> guess who they chose? Dan. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So... <clears throat> I wouldn't say that his his fate was even sealed because something he did. Ian was playing very sloppy. Um, I would say that Brittany and Shane played very sloppy. And Dan, he's not a snitch unless he needs to. So, you know, Dan didn't (laughs) say anything until his back was against the wall. And he let all those people blame him. I would say also just to, to benefit off my social game portion, the fact that he took the blame for a lot of that stuff. Instead of letting Ian get thrown under the bus, that kind of helped him in a little bit because it showed people like Ian and Shane, like, oh, you know, he threw Brittany out of here, but it was to protect himself and he didn't rat me out. So, you know, let's go look out for Dan again. You know, it's like um, 
these alliances, it, it's 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 more so dance style of game is like, look, I will do what's best for the group as long as you guys are looking out for me. Once you guys aren't looking out for me, it's raps. You know what I'm saying? He didn't mm-hmm. have to really do that in 10, but when his he was forced to do that in 14, you saw the ugly come out. Derek. When his back's against the wall, he brings up his kid. You know, like, he doesn't really know what to do. His alliance, he's heavily relying on. He needed for, uh, Caleb to win stuff. He needed uh, uh, Cody to win stuff. The moment that one of his alliance members didn't win something, his closest ally, Cody or Victoria, would have been eliminated. And it took a reset button to fix his game back in shape. You know what I'm saying? So I, I, I actually would flip the script because you're saying that Dan needs his alliance members to win things. I think both of them... Not even just them. Most good Big Brother players need really good alliance members to win things, you know? So it's like, I, I don't think you can really pinpoint one person in Big Brother history that didn't need good alliance members to, you know, fix their games. But yeah. it took a reset button to basically whip Derek's game back in shape. Or he, in my opinion, would have been doomed without Cody winning stuff, you know? So um, I'm I'm going to have to disagree with you there. Yeah, and I don't think it's that he – I don't feel like he needed them to win things. I feel like they had more – capital in the game over him and I feel like that's risky for him I feel like in both seasons there were many people capable of beating him in a final two where I feel like with Derek no one was in my opinion I don't think anyone was beating him in the final two um I know they claim but I was about to say Victoria but um (laughs) I feel like um and I do feel like there's a caliber of play like the goes back to who he was playing against but in general I feel like Dan was not leeching, but he 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 had the help of other people's social capital. And I feel like I'm not confident in Dan's social capital when it comes to the game. I'm not confident in the fact that the way I was confident about Brittany, like kind of having a good amount of control in that game, I was not confident about Dan. And that's why I feel like at the end of the day, Brittany found out that they were going to backdoor. Brittany found out these things in order to help herself to not go home. And I feel like with Dan, he he just I don't feel like he had the 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 capital, but heck. We can, we can. I, I would say a, a unanimous win would, would definitely say that you have the capital. Unanimous to, win because he has the ability yeah. to talk to the jury members. Yeah. And, also, and, and, this, and that's the thing. Well, I have another question about that. <laughs> but you, I think it's your time to ask a question, and then I can ask. No, go, I mean, go ahead. It's right. You want me to go ahead? Good. Go okay. Ahead. Um, do you feel like the um, – do you feel like it is more impressive to win against someone who is – socially regarded in a better way than you or to win against someone who is just more hated because I feel like Dan only won because he was next to someone who was more hated. Like it was like, we hate you both. You're more hated. I feel like Derek won against someone who was more liked. I feel like the jury in general liked Cody more than Derek and he still won. Do you agree? Do you feel like one is better? How do you feel about that? So this is where I'm going to poke a hole on it just to lead up to the most hated before I answer. The reason Memphis was as hated as he was was because of Dan. Um, Dan purposely clinched himself to Memphis and then actively spoke to these people to kind of make them hate him. Uh, You know, when Jerry and him made that alliance with Jerry and then they had to vote Jerry out, guess Mm -hmm. who he pinned it on? Memphis. Mm -hmm. When they had to backstab Keisha, guess who he pinned it on? Memphis, uh, like, like, there's plenty of times where he's always pinning it on Memphis and mm-hmm. it pisses people off, you know. So, 
Memphis actually wasn't that hated of a person outside of like what Jerry I can think of. Like he got into some arguments, but people didn't dislike him. They actually thought he was a pretty chill dude. I think Rennie was even like, oh yeah, you know, he's kind of cool. Rennie's another person as well that Dan uh, turned him on. But um, no, that's Dan actively making people hate Memphis. It's not like he came in disliked. But Um, he he had to do that. He had to make Memphis disliked. I I wouldn't say he had to. Because I'll also say Ian is another person who... Would you think that Ian is is a like person? Because the jury, honestly, they didn't really care for Ian as well. There was a lot of people complaining about Ian um, Mm -hmm. to the point where... Like, he was actually, I don't know if you remember, he was about to actually vote Danielle out if he won that final HOH, but he didn't, you know. Yeah. But um, the I would say to your question that it depends on what the fashion is, right? So if it's like, let, let's think of a good example. Like, all right, I mean, he wasn't super hated, but Casey going to the end with Tyler, right? Yeah. Tyler, I would say he's a pretty like person, but he pissed a lot of people off. Casey didn't play a better game than him, though. So, you know, she I don't think she knew she was doing this, but boom, she lost. I mean, she beat Tyler, who was pretty like, but pissed a lot of people off, right? Mm-hmm. Where there's a difference between that and then he, he's not a good player, but Josh. Josh mm-hmm. hated. Paul is more hated. Josh mm-hmm. was like, if I take Paul, who even though he played the better game than me, he's not liked and I'm going to be him. I think that's super impressive to read that. Um, uh, I mean, Steve, Liz is a pretty liked person, but, you know, Vanessa, that's the best player that's going to win. She, she, I think personally, yeah. I don't even know if Vanessa beats Steve. I'm, I'm just yeah, being honest with you. Sure. But, you know, instead of taking that risk, he takes the more liked person, but he he had more confidence in his game that he beat Liz, you know? So it's, it really depends on the situation, if that makes okay. any sense. So the comment in the chat, no, I do think Danielle beats Ian and Dan if, if they sit in the end. But um, it depends on the situation. I don't think there's one concrete answer. It depends on your cast, right? I, I think uh, – uh, back to like Josh in, in Big Brother Canada, you know, he took Kevin to the end instead of taking Helena, who was really hated. You know, like yeah. that was a huge ass mistake. You know what I'm saying? So yeah. it, it depends on what your season is. I don't think there's a, a right or wrong answer. Okay, fair enough. I I feel like it's for me at least. It's I don't think Dan could have beat someone who was more liked than him in a final two, and I know Derek could because. Cody was more like in Derek's yeah, both seasons or just in one, um, especially in ten. But even in fourteen, I don't think Dan can win a jury vote against someone who's more liked than him. And and I don't think that's and, and I feel like that's because of the, in my opinion, the social game when it comes to the jury management, when it comes to making people dislike you or upset with you. Because Dan does these things, it's hard for him to win unless he's against a Memphis who he had to make people hate and I feel like all of that extra work that he had to do to make people hate Memphis more than him is because he didn't play good enough when it came to the jury management portion of the game and I feel like Derek being able to win over it the beloved Cody shows that his jury management was so good that he could literally win against in my opinion the most loved person in the house you know what I'm saying so that's like my point with that is I just feel like could Dan be Keisha I don't I'm not confident because Keisha was just more liked than him. Could, could Dan have beat Brittany? Was I don't she? think so. I, I'm not sure if she was, actually. But I do think that – I don't think he beats – I'm not confident that he does beat Keisha. And it's like 
the fact that I'm not confident is is kind of the point I'm making. Because with Derek, I'm confident that, in my opinion at least, I think he could beat a lot of people in that season. Um, they were lesser players. But also okay. just just on likability or just on jury management alone is how I feel. So that's okay. why I, that's why I brought it up. But hey, I don't know. I don't, right. I don't know. But um hey, that's really all I have. If you have anything else for me, if you have any more I, I have one major question that I think of things. So because this this actually bounces off of that. So I've heard you say a lot of this podcast, right? That like Dan didn't win. He wasn't like, boom. Uh, in 24 seasons, we've only had three people get to the end twice. Uh, Paul lost both times. Mm-hmm. Cody won the second time, you know, pre-gaming, but whatever. And then we have Dan Giesling, where he probably played against the most bitter jury in Big Brother history. Um, Derek has only played once. You think if Derek gets back in the game, um, just for some context, he said he's only coming back if, A, it's a legend season or all-star season. Mm-hmm. Uh, and if it's not, and if it's against returnees, he wants a couple weeks of safety. Uh, but <laughs> if he were, let's say, to come back, mm-hmm. do you think Derek, A, can even get to the finale a second time? And B, if he did, do you think he could win? Because no one, because since this is a big knock on Dan for not winning, mm-hmm. no one has ever won Big Brother two times. Just, yeah. just to, so if you're going to fault him, you got to fault everybody else's return. <laughs> but since one of the three people ever to do it twice <laughs> didn't mm-hmm. win, do you think Derek can get to the end again? And do you think he would win? Um, First, before I answer, I'll say I. I feel like on Dan's second try, he was playing against a weaker cast. So I feel like that was, in my opinion, a, a, an advantage on him him coming back to a second time compared to Derek coming back for a legend season. If Derek's coming back and playing against Dan, potentially, or Vanessa, or some of some a higher caliber of players, I will say that it's likely that there's going to be a different outcome versus if Derek played against Big Brother 14 cast. I do think Derek can make Final Two in the Big Brother 14 cast, in my opinion. Um, but even if it's a, even if he just comes back to play again, I do think Derek can make it to the end. Um, I do think Derek could win, but we don't have the evidence. We don't know. I think he can, because we don't have that evidence. I can see how that's a, it's hard for people to see him as a good player. But in my opinion, his performance on 16 was, was just very smooth. It was, it was smooth because of what he did, because of his work, because of his, um, rationale because of the the position he put himself in, um, so that's why I think he did so well. But I think he can. I think he can make it to the end game, and I think he could win again. Um, honestly, if I'm being honest, because of his pregame ability, I think he is good at pregaming. Which is <laughs> and crazy. I think, and I think that that in a way, pregaming is a testament to, in my opinion, like to a capability of a player. Because even Will, Doctor Will, and them were pregaming and. and um, Seven. I don't think Dan has ever pre-gamed on and a season he's gone in. That's good. He only played twice with three But they, they, I don't there think he pre-gamed three, that second time. There was okay? only three people that second time. And he, he, he ain't pre-game against any of them. So hey, I'm just saying. I'm that's just saying. good. But I, do, but I do think, honestly, if I'm being honest, I think because of pre-gaming that Derek could make it to the end on the second time. Um, because he has good social relationships. All right, so eliminate, let's, let's pretend he can't pre-game. Is he, is he winning? I think because of his social relationships with the other people who will probably be there, he could still make it to the end. 
Okay. Because he even has that's the thing. Like Derek, <laughs> Derek's pregaming all the time, so it's kind of too late. He has relationships with the cookout members randomly. He goes and hangs out with them all the time. So it's like it's kind of sad. Even though, <laughs> even though it's outside of the game, if I'm being honest, I do think he can make it to the end because of I know he has relationships outside, which sucks, and I'm not a fan of it. But let like let's say none of that is a factor. He's just playing against another cast. I still think he can make it to the end against. I think he's smart enough. I I. We know that he's a good player. Like, the argument isn't that he's bad. The argument is that, is he great? Is he one of the best? Is he the best? And honestly, like, honestly, I want to see him play again to, to confirm or to, to prove it because it, it's, it's kind of not fair to compare the two games versus the one because it's like, well, of course, Dan has more evidence. Dan has more, more game that he's played. I feel like Dan did have some advantages here and there talking to the jury he was safe the first four weeks of 14 but i still feel like if derek had like the same path in 14 i do think derek could have done what dan did like making it to the final two again i think so if he was he didn't start the game until he was week week four from then on i think he could i think he could also make the end game in my opinion but i don't know um but hey but hey do I have anything else? <laughs> I don't think I have anything else. I don't. I think this is what I, I wanted from the conversation. <laughs> I, okay. I liked it. I enjoyed it. Do you have anything no. else, though? No, that's it. I, I think uh, at that point, it just kind of comes down to whoever's watching it. So make sure you comment uh, or tag us on Twitter. What do you guys think and all that fun stuff. But no, this was this was good. Yeah, thank you. All right. Um, shit. We out, y'all. Thanks for tuning in. Follow us. Where do, where do they follow you at? Uh, they can find me at Eight Ball Bangers on all social media platforms, and they can also see me podcasting on Silent Podcast. Um, and you can also see me podcasting on Rob Has a Podcast. Period. Um, we out. Bye, y'all. <laughs> <laughs>